Hey, it's the To Emerge podcast, and we're so excited to invite you to our Wellness Expo, April 6th at Modern Well in Minneapolis. We want you to come and hear from an expert wellness panel, participate in group fitness classes, and interact with the best local wellness vendors around. All the proceeds from the Wellness Expo will benefit the programs at Emerge Mothers Academy. But hey, listen, space is limited. Be sure you follow the links in the show notes and get some tickets off Eventbrite so that you can be a part of the Wellness Expo and support the single mothers in the Twin Cities that we serve at Emerge Mothers Academy. These are stories of women, mothers, and enterprises filled with grit, gumption, and overcoming. We're in the midst of adversity. We see her rise up. She makes a choice. She chooses to emerge. I'm your host, Becca Erickson. Hey listeners, I'm so excited that you're with us for the last installment of our Financial Independence Month. Here in March, we've been talking all things financial independence just to try to even prepare you for deeper conversations with actual professionals in this field. On that note, there are financial advisors, investors, there are lawyers in wills and trusts, there are many, many professionals, of which I am not, Um, who work for companies that have to be compliant in what they share about. And obviously, it's very difficult to give advice, quote unquote, over a podcast. And so we needed to be very sensitive to anyone that we asked to come on and share about these topics. So instead, we are very happy to connect you to advisors or investors or lawyers who can help you with any of these areas that you're unsure about. But I do want to give just a very high level introduction to some of the great things that we have learned in our time helping women become financially literate here at Emerge Mothers Academy. So first, I feel extremely grateful to have grown up with a mom that taught us a lot about money and was very open about stewardship, saving, and then spending. Uh, It came from a long generation of people that use money that way in my mom's family. And, you know, my dad was very smart Uh, with money too, as far as saving and investing. And so I feel grateful to have been set up that way. And I totally empathize with people who generationally have not been quite so fortunate to know very much about money. So bear with us as we go through like the foundational square one all the way up until the very end of life where we would want wills and trusts. So Again, I'm not an advisor, I'm not a professional in this arena, and I'm not giving out advice. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of information. And then if one thing kind of piques your interest or sounds like I don't have enough information about that, we would love to have you contact us and we will get you in front of advisors that we have loved and trusted here at Emerge Mothers Academy. And then also we do offer our financial literacy trainings in spring and fall and all women in the Twin Cities or if you want to fly in, all women anywhere are welcome to come. We want every woman to have a seat at the table to feel like she's educated about finance and is literate in talking about her own savings and freeing herself from debt and setting herself up for the future. So let me just kind of jump into things that I've learned. We've had great partnerships throughout the years with Thrivent, uh, with my own financial advisors, with my board finance and different volunteers who come and facilitate our courses. 
Of course, one of our projects here at Emerge Mothers Academy is in financial literacy, and our partners, Kaylee Soderlund and Gretchen Merritt, who run Forward Focus inside of Emerge Mothers Academy, do all kinds of great training and coaching on financial literacy. So we would love to have you meet them if you'd like. So let's back up first with messages that we kind of have right out of the get-go from our family. Like I said, my, my family taught me stewardship and saving and then spending. The Thrive in Money Management program gives out these cute little three-compartment piggy banks. And they say, share, save, spend. And my, my kids love them too. It's that you can decide as a family, is it 10%, 10% and 80% or what allocation is right for you? How much do you want to teach your kids to share, spend and save each of their allowances or in what they start earning in paychecks or how you use your paycheck? So it's great to kind of have a plan set up from the get go. Where do we put our money? Well, most of us here in America put it into a bank. We have checking or savings accounts. Our checking is attached to a debit card or checkbook, and many of us pay our bills out of that. And then we have a savings account where we either have part of our paycheck automated to go right into our savings, or we just keep that as a buffer set up with, for some people, it's a minimum of $1,000. For some people, it's three months worth of living expenses as an emergency fund. You decide what your savings is for and how much you want in it. I have often heard this whole three months of living expenses just as kind of an emergency fund, and maybe that's what sits in your bank savings. Maybe you don't want much in a bank savings because it doesn't earn much and you want it invested. Again, that is your choice. Talk to your own personal investor about that. Your advisor can give you better advice. I can't give you advice. I know nothing. (laughs) On the topic of checking and savings, of course, we do need to address credit and debit. So a debit card is attached directly to what you have in the bank. A credit card, however, can bring you debt. So you are charging the money to a different company and they do want you to pay that back. Now, if you don't pay it back, you either pay a minimum or you're not paying and they're getting interest off of you. So one idea with debt is to pay it back through the snowball method. This is where you're paying off your smallest debt or some people choose to pay off the debt with the highest interest. It is your choice again, or you can ask your advisor. So with the snowball method, let's say you have a student loan and three credit cards. So you're going to look at the interest rates and the amount owed back on each of those. If you're using snowball, what you'll want to do is pay the minimum on each of those. So for this, let's just say the minimum on each is $100. Once you've paid for your housing, your food, the staples you need in life, just the general necessities to get by, Then you look at what you can pay on all those minimums. And if there's anything left, you want to use that chunk in paying off the smallest amount. So let's say one of them is down to $72 and you have 60 surplus in this month's budget. Pay all four of those minimums and put the 60 towards the smallest. That's the snowball. However, if you don't want to do that method and you like to apply the 60 towards the one that has the interest rate at 28%, that's kind of smart too. Again, you choose. There's multiple methods and you decide how you want to chunk away at debt. 
Of course, everyone in America understands our economy functions on debt, but many of us have a goal and a desire to be debt free. It is your choice and it is a value system that you choose for you. I sort of think, yeah, it's probably best to live without debt. So do what you can to work at it and work away towards it. Maybe tell yourself like, I'm not going to get an extra pair of shoes that aren't necessary until I work towards this snowball method of getting rid of my debt. Let's say that eventually debt A does get paid off. You paid your hundreds in all four A, B, C, and D debts. Then you applied the extra towards debt A, and now it's paid off. So now you're already accustomed to paying that and the minimum of debt B, C, and D. So now you start it like a snowball. You start rolling it into debt B. Now all of a sudden debt B is getting your extra $60 that you were accustomed to in debt A. And you can keep working towards the next smallest and the next smallest. Also, may I just interject something in here? Several people who have college student loan debt are paying at a very low interest rate. Sometimes having debt where the low interest or debt services on your own personal house or household books, sometimes it makes sense to carry something that's got 3% interest and you could be earning in an investment 8 or 9%. So be very conscientious about what you're choosing and how aggressively you're paying it down versus how aggressively you're earning in other investments. Again, you need to just decide. I can't give you any advice. You need to just decide for yourself what makes the most sense for me and what I'm trying to achieve here and how much do I want to get in my investments versus payoff and how rapidly. The snowball continues through debt C and then finally into your final debt. The goal is to then live within the means that you bring in each month through your paychecks and other revenue streams. Now, I love when my friend Kaylee Soberling calls it a conscientious spending plan because sometimes a budget sounds so restrictive. But if you know the plan for the money that's coming in, you can kind of stick to that once it includes the debt payoff. And eventually if A, B, C, and D debts are all paid, then that little surplus can start going into your future. It can start, I, I don't know, maybe it'll buy you that pair of shoes. Again, this for you to decide. Let's say you do choose to make it a part of your future. So this is your retirement, or again, as my friend Kaylee calls it, preferment. <laughs> the thing about retirement is when you're 70, it's not like your whole lifestyle is going to change and you're just going to sit around and have no expenses. In fact, probably your lifestyle will mimic the things that you love to do now. The ways you prefer to spend your time now are probably what you're going to want to do when you're 70. So your preferment might include a lot of travel or shopping or watching events or going to the theater. I don't know what your preferment will have, but I'm assuming that mine will include the things I love now. So I don't want to feel more restricted with less income coming in. So I need to plan ahead for my future for the things that I prefer to do when I'm 70 and 80, as long as I'm still living, of course. So things that uh, an advisor will talk to you about in preferment or retirement would be your IRA, 
the 401k money that you're you're um, setting aside through your employer now uh, to to be ready for your 70s and 80s and ways that you are leveraging either insurance or investments to kind of co-flow. I don't know how to to tell you without showing you a picture, but imagine a big wave going up right now that's heavy in investments, and then it starts lowering down the older you get, and your life insurance then gets very high. There's, There's a few different ways to fund the rest of your life, and those are just a couple. I'm not going to talk much about investments. Again, that's an advisor's role. I can't give out much advice and many of them who work for companies have to be compliant in what they share. So I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but do what you can to learn about stocks and bonds and simple and SEP and what's a Roth IRA versus an IRA. Feel free to pause this as many times as you want to write down those words and do a little bit of research or Mention all these words to your advisor and ask to be educated about Roth IRA versus IRA. What is simple? What is SEP? Can I have a health savings account? Can I have a flex spending account? Are those things taxed or are they taxed when they come out? What is in my 401k? Is that stable money or is that flex money? Is that on the market or is it in bonds? Feel free to ask them all these kinds of questions. Have them educate you. You'll want to know a lot about your money, especially if it's going to affect how much enjoyment you have in your preferment. (laughs) And finally, again, I am not a lawyer, but I did want to talk this month about wills and trusts. I hope that you have a lawyer that you can go to that you've built a lot of rapport with and ask so much about this. They can usually refer you to an expert who does a lot with wills and trusts. Suppose you live in your preferment and have a great old time in your 70s and 80s and you want to be sure that as you approach the end of your life, everything is set up for your loved ones and there won't be any questions about what to do with your major assets. Even maybe the small things. If your kids have ever asked for something, it is the easiest to have it in writing. (laughs) Either the executor of your estate or the lawyer who's representing your paperwork will have it in black and white about who gets what. Try to avoid probate, avoid conflicts that can come up for your children. With a will and a trust, it gives written explanations of where money goes, how it gets divided, and what you want done with what's left. And honestly, hopefully you can enjoy most of your life and watch your children enjoy your money without dying, (laughs) having all of it sitting around. Okay, again, we would love to connect you to anyone who's much more of an expert in all this than me. If you want to learn more about debt or how to work against it for yourself, if you want to prepare better for your future, learn more about investments, the stock market, mutual funds, CDs, bonds, all of these things can come from an advisor. And if you want to know more about setting up a will or trust, a living trust, then talk to a great lawyer. We can even give you a couple names on that. Reach out to us anytime at Becca at EmergeTwinCities.org, or you can always just reach out to me through Instagram, Facebook, or our website, EmergeTwinCities.org. I hope that this was a good introduction to just a little bit more about becoming financially literate. And I sure hope that you'll want to learn even more as we deep dive into six hours of sessions and complimentary one-on-one with an advisor Next fall, fall of 2019, we will offer our financial literacy training again and it is open to all women in the Twin Cities. We meet at Modern Well, sponsored by Emerge Mothers Academy. I really hope that you'll be there. 
I want all women to feel empowered and financially literate. All right, you guys have an awesome week. The Two Emerge podcast is brought to you by Emerge Mothers Academy. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a positive review. A special thanks to our media manager, Laurel Goulson, and to Jessica Manning for our music. 